Well, hey, we're so glad you're here for a brand new episode of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. This is Ben and Crystal Woods, and we are your hosts for another conversation about developing a culture in your home that will help your family grow deeper and move closer to Jesus. Today, we'll talk about another Team Woods culture code, where we go, we go together for season three, episode three, and we're so thankful you're here with us. Welcome back, Wayfarers. We know this is a busy stretch. This is a fast and full stretch. So the fact that you would give any time uh, to this and hanging out with us for the podcast, listening along, that that's a blessing to us. And so we are <laughs> grateful. Um, I often think, as I often do when talking to Crystal, there's a million other things you could be doing right now other than hanging out with me. And you chose this. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hang out with you. <laughs> All right. That's I just wanted that documented. I just wanted that heard by others. It's recorded, it's documented. I know you're the one who does editing, but please keep that in there. So, oh, no, but we're just grateful that you're hanging out with us. We're grateful you're journeying with us. And here we are coming off of Thanksgiving. And Again, it's seemingly this sprint between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it it is often a time when a lot of a lot of folks it's hard to slow down because even I mean we feel it too. Like there is there's a pressure to be hurried. Um, it's harder to be present. Well, you can think of a million things that you have to do before Christmas, and I think that's just one of the sad things that kind of comes with the commercialization of Christmas is that you have so much that you want to accomplish, and not for a bad reason. You want to bless other people. You want to recognize them as important in your life and give them gifts that mean something, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the way that we have approached the Christmas season has put so much pressure, at least I feel it. Um, to where you don't have enough time to actually be present in a lot of those moments that lead up to it um, just because of the pace that everything seems to move at and you're just kind of dragged along with it. At the very least, the temptation to move at that pace, mm -hmm. right? And so I hope, um, I, know, I know that it's hard. I know that it takes intentionality and commitment, but hopefully in this stretch, not only we, but everyone else can lean into those moments, offering their presence and not feel the, the temptation to buckle to the pressures of hurried, right? Because everybody's busy. There's plenty of things to be active in. The difference between being busy and active versus being hurried is we're moving at such a pace we can't be present. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I know, again, we're coming off of Thanksgiving and hopefully Thanksgiving was life-giving to all of you that are listening. Um, I know for us, we're grateful for time with family. We're, we want to soak up every moment that we can with our family. We just, we love our family. We've been blessed um, with an incredible family. Plenty of straight crazy bundled up in our, <laughs> in our families, <laughs> right? <laughs> A little bit of chaos, never, never it's, a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, we love each other. 
um, and we're thankful for one another. And I know for us, I know we've said this before, but it it's hard to be it's hard to be with our family and it's hard to be away from our family. And and what I mean by that is, you know, we feel the the Kala gap every day yeah. in very vivid ways. And we treat those like treasures because it's a reminder. Our our grief is a reminder of our deep love, right? Yeah. Um, but when we're together as a family, it's it's pronounced differently yeah. when we're all there together because the rest of our family is familiar with grief as well. They feel the Kala gap as well. And so... Um, well, and I think specifically at Thanksgiving, um, you know, we keep an empty chair because there's an empty chair and that's Kala's chair and we really miss her. We wish she was here with us. And at the same time, we know that she's in the best place and that she's waiting for us. And I, it takes me to uh, our friend Brian has, has made this reference before and it has helped me so much in reference to Thanksgiving and to other celebrations and that um, there may be an empty chair at our table um, for Thanksgiving. There may have been, but in the great feast that we look forward to, the one that we are promised, the one that's prophesied over and over again, the great feast in heaven, there will be no empty chairs, that we will be reunited, all things set right, and there will be another kind of celebration, one that we have the inklings of and the hopes for now, but it will be realized then. And so just recognizing that that this is now by 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 being present in the moment, by feeling the grief, by feeling the sorrow, I'm still anchored to the hope of what is to come, that one day that will be gone forever. And I will sit next to Kala. She will be at the same table as I am. We will be celebrating a great feast and the culmination of every hope of the world. Um, and that is a, a certain thing it is going to happen this is just for now it is not forever and it allows my heart to look forward still be present in the moment still recognize that there are filled chairs that are so precious that yeah. each person that is um that i am blessed to sit around the table with they are blessings too they are blessings and i am so grateful and i look around and i can be grateful that I belong to this family and I'm around this table um, and still have hope in what is to come. Well, there's there's so much to be said about being around that table, right? Like set aside all the commercialized things with holidays and and remember why festivals why points of celebration are woven into scripture and go back to the Old Testament, take a little bit of a tangent here. I don't know. God loves to celebrate. Yeah. And, and so much of it is bringing us together for a deeper purpose. Mm -hmm. And so just as you're saying that Thanksgiving, I know it can bring a heaviness, but it can also bring a hopefulness. And so hopefully um, this time has been one that has been life-giving. Um, it has been one that has allowed you to acknowledge the cup of sorrow and acknowledge the cup of joy. But as Henry Nouwen says, 
they both make up the cup of life, mm. and they are both to be raised to our Creator. Mm. And so, if we're going to drink that cup, both sorrow and joy are in that cup of life. Yeah. And so, one doesn't discount the other. Exactly, you can hold both. Yeah, and so I I hope that these last handful of days have been. Um, celebrated in togetherness and time together, whether that be with family or be with friends, those that you are wayfaring through life with and just enjoying the richness of that with gratitude. Mm. I know for me, one of the things I keep coming back to is I want to move at the pace of appreciation. Mm. I don't want to be moving at a pace that doesn't allow me to be grateful for all of the moments entrusted in my care and who they are with. Mm -hmm. And so here we are coming off of Thanksgiving, hopeful that it's been life-giving for others, knowing that it has been for us. Um, but we're continuing the conversation, right? Like this whole this whole season of podcasting is devoted to unpacking Team Woods culture codes. Really just these ways that we've chosen to create a culture of discipleship in our home, in our marriage, in our family, with the desire of aiming our arrows at Jesus. Mm -hmm. Pastoring our kids in the ways of Jesus. These are codes that like, we want to be known for as a family, things that are important to us, things that we value, um, that are in line with Scripture and what God um, wants for our kids and our family. Um, because we just... We have to remember, if we do not disciple our children, someone else will. That's what you've said in, pa in past podcasts. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> um, but that if you don't disciple your kids, the world will. And if, the, if we are the ones that are to pastor their hearts, if we are the ones who are entrusted with the, the big responsibility of shaping them and exposing them to the things that will help them grow more like Jesus, then paying attention to the culture that you are fostering in your home is absolutely vital. Yeah. So let's lean into another Team Woods culture code. You ready? Yep. Okay. Want me to say it? You can say it. <laughs> All right. It's where we go, we go together. I was going to say you can say it, boss. But yeah, you're like, I am boss. So I went ahead and said it. Yeah, where we go, we go together. This is huge for us, isn't it? Yeah, it's because we want to just harness the, the togetherness part of it. We want everything we do to kind of be re pronounced in unity um, because we, we really value companionship. We really value the company, the, the exercise of doing life together. We want to make memories together. We want to create things together. We want to play together. We want to even work at things together. We want all the bonds that shared experience will build um, in our family. Yeah. So this is our way of capturing togetherness because we want it woven into everything. And, and we don't just do the good things together. We do the hard things together. Mm. And I think that's such a valuable piece to be understood when we talk about where we go, we go together. We, we, it's the, the cup of sorrow and the cup of joy right? Yeah. It's, it's, we do the good things and we do the hard things. We're there for each other. We're in each other's corner. There's, we've said this often, um, in a lot of settings, especially when talking about marriage and family and creating culture 
in our home. Like there's nothing in our home that says, oh yeah, that's a mess. Good luck. Got to figure that out on your own. (laughs) Right? Like we, I mean, I can think of countless examples that point back to that. Um, Like when I went to a movie with Ezra and you called us like in a panic on our way back, you guys have got to get here really quick. We come in and the fish pond had pretty much drained itself. Yeah. It, you were in the in the bottom of that fish pond, just like pumping bucket. I don't know what why, you were doing. Why are you telling this story with a smile on your face? My heart <laughs> it was, was a little bit comical at the moment. We saved almost these everything. These are my fish. <laughs> these are my fish. If, and if you guys you know up, Ben, you know that he loves his fish pond. I, I, I love my fish and my fish pond. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is definitely his baby, but, uh, which we enjoy as well. Um, but yeah, it was never even a, a, an inkling in our heads that we would be like, oh, yeah, that's a big problem. Have fun with that by yourself. We all just got back like yeah. down into that big old pit of a hole and started like like trying to catch fish and put them in the right right um bins so that they could be some people some people (laughs) stop laughing some people have friends some some people are fortunate enough to have fleeners fleeners and 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 matt came to help me rescue my fish um and we were able to discover what was wrong with our our filter and our pump that was slowly but surely sending water outside of our pond but all worked together. Where we go, yes. we go together. We worked together to fix and and find a solution. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to tell that that illustration. <laughs> so my mind went to when um, Ezra put uh, put the cookie dough, um, raw cookie dough, in the microwave when we were gone, and uh, nearly burnt the house down. <laughs> that was where my went. My mind went, and he he threw Grandpa under the bus because Grandpa was the adult present and should have known better, right? Like it was Ezra was just like, I'm not facing the consequences for this on my own. We're in this together. <laughs> so okay, I was wondering where that was going to turn. That, that to me seemed like something we could laugh about, not the the risk of my fish. Not, um, not at your fish's so, expense. No, we're going to talk me. about my fish at some other. Point, so because I don't. Want people thinking like wow this guy's all right well here's another a good example okay when calla launched her slime shop and she woke up that next morning to like 50 orders of slime um and i always tell the story because the the memory of it's so vivid but her face just like her eyes got big and her mouth kind of dropped open and then she was like i was it was watching like the the excitement and the terror of like any budding young entrepreneur, like when your idea takes off and you're so excited, and then you're like, "Holy cow, I've got a lot of work to do. How am I going to yeah. do all that?" Yeah, <laughs> she was ready to drop out of school, or at least skip not go. Yeah, least. skip school. We'll, we'll say that because <laughs> Kala, her love for school, oh, deep, loved. yeah, deep. But yeah, I remember that moment of telling her, and I remember that look of, I mean, she was talking so fast i mean and here we are you got to get dressed we got to get you out the door all the stuff and she's just like but i got to do you know i mean 
Oh. But then the entire family became employees of the Calla Lily Slime Shop. And so we all learned, well, I knew how to make slime already, but she taught you, she taught Ezra. We worked on packaging and (laughs) all of the things that... um, that was necessary to fill all of her orders for that first Christmas slime season. Um, and so I just think about that. Where we go, we go together. We know we can count on each other. When we need each other, we will be there and we will band together and we will go anywhere together. Yeah. And it's the heart is not to undermine independence, but it's to call us to the deeper thing that we're called to. And that is interdependence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're made for relationship. We're made to be together. We're made to wayfare with one another. And we want that woven into everything we do as a family so that our children, their instinct is to look to one another to walk out whatever's in front of them. That's why I don't know. I'm sure Andy Stanley has said it before. I'm sure other people have said it before. But that idea of you, we don't run from the mess. We run to the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's so countercultural, right? Yeah. Um, we work alongside each other. We don't, we don't just leave one another behind. We don't be like, oh, I, I hope you can catch up. We'll slow down to walk with because the value of unity, of being together, runs deeper than faster and further. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think we pronounced this culture code way before grief became such a piece of our story, but it's just been galvanized in these these past few years in a different way um, since Kala's rescue to heaven. Because in what our family has navigated in grief, there's now like another level of depth. There's another layer of experience um, that where we've gone, we've gone together, even the valleys of loss and sorrow um, and separation, we've been walking alongside each other in such hard things because, yeah, like you said, we feel our Cala gap really vividly. Um, and when you're with family and with cousins running around and you see where she would have been and what she would have been doing and, and how easily she could just slide right back into that spot, um, there, there's just a different sharpness um, because you feel that sting of separation so strongly and then you see other people feel that that same separation and you watch them grieve. Um, it just has such a different layer because we all miss her. Um, and again, we talk about how grief is, is both unique and universal. Um, that's wisdom again from our friend Brian, but it, it's, it's unique and it's universal, but it's also united we recognize and there is some some sense of a community yeah. in knowing I miss her, you miss her, they miss her, he misses her. It's just a, a combined understanding of something that is is just a deep expression of that where we go, we go together. And I think it's it's been a gift in our grief that this would be instilled in us before grief invaded our life. Yeah. Because I think it's allowed us to keep deeper values in front of us so that we would walk this out together uh, because we need that. We can't walk this alone. And I, I, I come back to that truth of how we must stay present in both pain and praise. Mm-hmm. We stay present in the hard and the beautiful. 
where we go, we go together. Whatever it looks like, wherever it goes, however we get there, it's together. Yeah. And there have been other losses that our family has faced, you know, like relational losses or um, different kinds of hurt. Um, And I wish, I wish, I wish that our children did not have to know sorrow the way that they do. I wish that they did not have to know the face of grief and what that feels like to wrestle with, but they do. And we won't leave them alone in it. We're committed to walking it out with them where we go, we go together. And I think here's another facet of this because it is multifaceted. That's the whole point of giving language and liturgy to a culture right? It's you are, you're allowing it to be woven into every dimension of it. And I think that's why where we go, we go together. It, it naturally becomes multifaceted because it can lead to the deeper spiritual theological truths. It, it takes the framework of what we experience in our family, and then it uses it to build an idea of what the family of believers is to look like. Yeah. I mean, we, we want our children to love the bride of Christ. Yeah. We want them to love the church. We want them to love the body of believers because we want them to know they are a part of the church. Mm-hmm. And that this is our classroom to learn how to love one another so that we can love a wounded world the way Christ loves his church. If, if the mission of marriage is to reflect God's glory, in everything we're doing, and to paint the picture of the way Christ loves the church, well, then our family should be a natural expression of the church, Mm -hmm. right? And so when we say where we go, we go together, we want to foster a love for the life of the church together to help them know that they're a part of it and to see the pathways for them to love and serve through it, through thick and thin, through all the hard things, through all the good things, and everything in between things. And so we we want to teach that. We want that to be a galvanizing piece to all of it. Because there's going to be plenty of times when, whether it's church hurt because of somebody's decision, or not feeling like we fit, and not recognizing where we belong, and and the messiness of entering into community with other people, When those things land in our lap, they become very vulnerable points for us to want to peace out on the whole thing. They become very vulnerable points in the life of our children, trying to discern, where do I belong in the life of the church? I don't want them ever wondering where they belong or questioning that they do belong Mm -hmm. in the life of the church, no matter what hard things or messy things happen because of the brokenness bundled up in all of us that are that make up the life of the church. Yeah, but like by giving them the framework of our family to start with um, and then extrapolate to the church as a whole, we're showing we're showing our children, showing ourselves that each person in our family isn't 
perfect. Like there's not like there's no faults in each person in our family, but we're a family. We're still together. We're still moving forward for a purpose and on a mission. And when you extrapolate that to the church, then it's the same that you find the same is true. There are no perfect people in the church and you're going to get pushed around a little bit. You're going to get rubbed wrong um, a little bit because we're all imperfect people fumbling through learning to love Jesus together. And so if we have the framework of a family in place, then we can we can show grace to the church when those those tension moments happen as well because we are all members of one family called to walk in one direction in unity and pursuing the vision that God's given us for the church together. We're walking it out side by side because where we go, we go together. And it serves as a reminder to not ignore the shortcomings of the church, but also not be a megaphone for her faults either. Well, and we don't want them to use those as excuses to excuse themselves from the church, that that's not a reason that they would would not be a part of the body of Christ anymore. There are no excuses for that. We are to be together, united, and after one purpose together. We want to be the people that live out our love for the life of the church And that starts with instilling that into them in the culture we've created in our home. We want our kids learning that we are in this together, that we don't walk alone, that God does not leave us or forsake us. We want them learning to see the beauty of the church, loving each other in unity. And I think that pulls our hearts back to all of the passages in Scripture, again, of the oneness, the togetherness, Mm -hmm. the harmony, right? Like when... Here's an example when Paul's talking in 1 Corinthians 12, right? Mm -hmm. Where he says he's speaking of the harmony among the members so that all the members would care for each other equally. He says that if one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. And he's on to say that like all of us together, each one of us is a separate and necessary necessary part. Like we're in this together, that whatever it is, wherever it leads, whatever it looks like, where we go, we go together. I mean, when you think of, I mean, uh, all of the one another language in scripture, like there's, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's there's at least a hundred one another's um, recorded in the New Testament. You're looking at me like, well, I can correct you. I know, like (laughs) there's at least a hundred. Basically, my point is there's a lot. Okay, there's a whole bunch where we are called to love one another. We're called to bear with one another, be devoted to one another, serve one another, accept one another, forgive one another. Right. The list goes on and on and on. Comfort one another. Confess our sins to one another. Be hospitable. Yeah. Okay. you go ahead. You rattle off some of them. (laughs) Spur one another on. Build up one another. Live at peace with one another. I mean, every single one of these one another's, they are all, they're like commands to connect, right? Mm -hmm. And to recognize that we are wayfaring, journeying home together. And every single one of them, I think, is an invitation to lock arms and be the church together. Interdependence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think if... If we can keep that at the forefront of our hearts and minds when we're walking out the day to day, 
Well, then it will not only teach our children that we are in this together, but it will teach them that that is the mindset of the church, that we are in this together. Yeah. And I think if, if we can infuse that as as a family, as in, like in our home, if we can recognize that it's a value of ours, that we're not alone, we're, we're not isolated, we're not an island, we're not operating just by ourselves here. If we can really grab a hold of that in our home, then that makes it much more natural for them to to see the church that way, that they are not alone, that they are a part of it, a separate and necessary part of it, that all the parts worked together um, with specific purposes for a specific purpose. Yeah. And the church is comprised of all of us. Yeah. I mean, it's just in the, the verses right before what we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul is reminding them like one baptism, one spirit, mm-hmm. right? That that it's the, the eyeballs can't say to the hands, you're not needed. And the head can't say to the foot or the feet that you aren't, you aren't needed. There's, there's, not, there's not room for that, that we're in this together. And I know that in our pain, in our grief, in our story, I think of how, how much the people of God have walked with us in all the ways that they know how, right? Yeah the way they have loved us and the way God has loved us through his church. He's wrapped his arms around us through his people, each loving us the way they know how. I can think of so many examples of the church being the church, of the ways that they have walked with us and wrapped their arms around us, the way that their prayers have sustained us, the way that their encouragement has has spurred us forward. There's so many beautiful expressions of the church when you look at our story. Well, and the church has celebrated alongside us and cried alongside us, right? Because that's what the church yeah. is to do. Like when, when Paul talks about mourn it in Romans. those who mourn. And rejoice with those those who rejoice. And so that's what it means when we say where we go, we go together. It means we're in this together, truly, in every facet, every dimension of our lives that we lean on one another and we learn from one another. We're in it. And so I think back to what we talked about last episode a little bit, and if you joined us for the episode right before this, we talked about some of that tension between balance and alignment, right? That like when we are living in alignment, then the most life-giving relationship with Christ is what fuels our marriage and our relationship with one another. And out of the overflow of that leading into our children, into our family, it's out of the overflow of our family that ministry unfolds from there. And so I think we, my mind goes to the beautiful expression of the privilege of getting to create alongside some incredible, remarkable people, creating college-age young adult ministry in the life of a local church and infusing culture codes into that community of young adults fumbling through following Jesus learning how to live in grace, taking their first steps, many of them, into the life of the church. Where we go, we go together. 
was woven into the fabric of that culture of these young adults yeah. moving was, on mission together. I was thinking anybody who was a part of that community can probably recognize so many of these culture codes because they are part of our family. And then when you were responsible for creating a culture, it naturally found its way there as part of that culture. Um, and so I, I just, I, it makes me smile a little bit thinking about those students that if they can listen to this, then that this should all be really familiar. And hopefully they hear it as a shout out because I know so many of them that are living that DNA and that love for the life of the church, being united in direction and in purpose, walking out our holy pursuit, right? At a holy pace for a holy purpose. That's the plan. And so I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all of the reminders of, of how that is woven into so many homes and so many families and so many hearts because of that community moving on mission together. And so that's the power of culture, isn't it? Like It's like when God does something in a very small setting, he... He wants to extrapolate it. He wants to multiply it. He wants to grow it. And so for any that were connected in that community of young adults, it serves as a reminder that this came from our family. And it was shared because we're a part of a bigger family. I can't help but think of Ephesians 4. And you can read it in whatever translation or, I mean, if, if you'll permit me, the message um, I love it in the message. Yeah. you want to, I mean, I can read it. You read it. You might have it all memorized. That's the way you've got everything memorized. No. How about this? I read it and you cut me off whenever you want. <laughs> Story of real my life. life. Yes. <laughs> right. Because you know I have so much trouble finishing sentences. But here's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master... I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down paths that go nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert and noticing differences and quick at mending fences. He says, you are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together. Both outwardly and inwardly, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. And I love those verses because it just screams to me, where we go, we go together because we are going in the same direction. We are called together by a common hope, a common faith, and a common king. He is the one who makes the direction. And we are running there, and we get the privilege of running together. So where we go, we go together is such a beautiful way that we can impress the the importance of unity in our family and then also the importance of unity in the church as we pursue our common king thank you again so much for taking the time to hang with us today 
Our hope and our prayer is that you would know you are loved and you are being cheered on as you lean into deeper things, seeking to create a culture of discipleship in whatever your family looks like and whatever your group looks like, whatever your community looks like. Lean in. And we hope to hear from you soon. You can reach out to us on the website, thebravewayhome.com. Find us on social media. We want to hear from you. And remember, we are Wayfarers. Where we go, we go together.